And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for, I gotta say, it's the last edition of the Weighing In podcast that is going to feature live fights for the year of 2020. It was the last show for the UFC where we had Steven Wonderboy Thompson taking on Jeff Neal. Some good fights that were put on display. Jose Aldo looking good again and Rob Font being on fire. He just lit up Marlon Marais. There was also a couple of really cool things that happened in there, but as we all know, we got to talk about this with the man, the myth, the legend, the real punk, Josh Thompson. What is the crowd up, dude? Goes crazy. The crowd goes crazy. I don't crazy. know. Yeah, they're going crazy. That. They're like, I got to listen to him again. <laughs> they're like, man, can we just have John talk and not Josh? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what'd you think? What'd you think of the card? You know, actually, it was a good card. You know, it. it it didn't live up to last week's, but yeah. you can't do that. No. Come on, let's be honest. So those shows come about, and it's like, and every fight was good. And this this had some good ones. It had some that were, eh, they're okay. But overall, it was a you know it was a good card, good finish. It was a good fight by Wonder Boy. He just he looked great. His movement was outstanding. You could see where uh, Jeff Neal was having problems throughout a lot of the fight, but I was still a little bit. I'm thinking, you know, and I know, I know Ray Thompson really well. He's crazy good kickboxer, you know, the dad of, of Wonder Boy, and he's always in his corner. But, you know, Jeff Neal's hands were coming so high that he's, you know, the body, yeah. go to the body, finish every sequence to the body. You know, and at times he would, but he, it wasn't a consistent output. And it was like, man, he's giving that to you. When you got someone putting their hands that high, Gotta attack that body because it's gonna make him. The hands have to come down. You can't take it. I don't care who you are. So yeah. it was the one thing I was looking at, going, man, that is so open. Get it? But, yeah, it's weird though that sometimes like fighters they don't see like that right in front of them, and that's one of the biggest things. Like fighters have to learn how to adapt. Like they don't. Not all fighters can adapt in the middle of the fight. Steven Thompson's been doing it for a long time. He should have been able to make that adjustment throughout the fight. Never did. And I mean, I don't know if it would have led to anything else, but he just, you've got to make those adjustments as you go. Because like we've talked about before, whether it's wrestling, whether it's kickboxing, whether it's the body shots, whether it's whatever, whatever it is, you've got to mix it up throughout because it opens yeah. up other areas and he never did that. And then I think that's kind of why the fight kind of went the way it would. Yeah. I think that he felt like, you know, he, he was faster than Neil as far as, you know, getting off and he just looked good. His movement was good and he was doing well. But it's one of those, you, if you go back to the, go to the Aldo, you know, Cheeto Vera fight. Look, the body shots in the first round, yeah. that was a difference maker, man. That was what, because Cheeto was doing good in the first part of that round. And the body shots by Aldo brought it back. And thank God that Aldo started kicking again. I was like, yeah. there it is. That's what we've been talking about. It's back. What's because, you know. What's crazy stopped. is with the calf kicks now these days, I don't understand what the, the power of his kicks, how he hasn't made that adjustment and started bringing them back way earlier. I mean, just how the calf kick is. He was dropping guys and hurting guys with, with kicking the thigh. I mean, if oh. he started ele he started throwing the calf kicks, 
in there. I mean, he would be he'd be a whole different fighter again. So, Which only makes it an easier kick to land because there's less chance of somebody catching it, putting you on your back, or any of those things. So it's there's there's less risk yeah. with the calf kick over the thigh kick. Agree, agree. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, it was I I felt kind of bad watching Tito. It just it wasn't it wasn't happening for him as the fight went on, and then you just kind of realize you're like ah like he's cause he's so close to getting to that next level. But then Jose Aldo is is that guy that we He's that talked. next level. He's that next level, but it's he, he's almost like that. I don't want we were talking who we were talking about like the ultimate gatekeeper, you like Yoel Romero. He'll be so hard for those younger guys to beat. Just too oh. much experience. Just he still has power, still fast, all those things. Like you put Chito in there, you want you want to see the, the young guy get up, you know, to the next level, but <laughs> is he gonna get through him and just one of those fights? Nah. It's in the same thing. It's, when you look at Yoel, Yoel is the same thing. You have guys that fight Yoel. It's not going to happen. They're going to have a hard time building new stars if they keep Monster. having them fight guys like Jose or Yoel or whoever else. So, but you know, it was good to see uh, Jose get the win. It was. And anyway, I thought, God damn, he looked fucking rock solid as far yeah. as, and there wasn't an ounce of fat on that guy. Do you remember there? There was like a couple years where he was just so dominant. One forty-five. People were talking about him going to fifty-five. And now he's oh, yeah. fighting at 35. Yeah. It's just so crazy to me that people, we, we were for the longest, oh, he should stop fighting it until he lost to Connor. Everyone's like, oh, he should go to 40, 55, 55, 55, you know, because he was so dominant at 45. And now he is, now he's down at 35. And he looked, like you said, he looks just ripped and shredded. I'm like, Ugh. so I'm like, Ugh, it's well, too I much can, work. But see, you, and, and, and everything comes back to, hey, you got to be the professional, your diet and everything like that. And he talked about it that, you know, hey, he was very, uh, he ate anything he wanted. He never took care of his his diet and stuff like that. Because I, I can remember, you know, back at UFC 129, he fought Mark Hominick. Mm. And he was dying making weight. And that's at 145. Yeah. And then when he would balloon back up, he was he was going up into the high 160s, low 170s you know, is what he was yeah. fighting at. So he was oh. basically fighting at featherweight at like the weight that you yeah. were fighting at lightweight. That's crazy. You know, but it took its toll as far as, you know, not being disciplined beforehand and having to drop a ton of weight took its, took its toll on, you know, his body and his, you know, his ability to perform because he used to really, he used to like, you know, tail off at the end of fights a lot. Yeah. The whole thing was you got to get him into the later rounds. There, you, There's where you have the chance. Can't get him in the later rounds. He's just a monster, but he looks great at 135. He doesn't get tired. Yeah. You know, he just looks fantastic, I, it, which is shocking to me. And it puts, you know, I'm always the guy saying, hey, don't go down and wait. It's bad for you. But if you do it, you know, in a way where you're changing your diet and you're losing, you know, some fat off of your body before and you're not having that, that killer cut, okay, you're doing it the right way. Yeah, I think it really just comes down to you just got to take care of yourself and how you do it. It's got to be a gradual yeah. thing. Getting down. I, I just can't imagine because I had fought Kid Yamamoto at 143 in, in Hawaii. And it was the worst. I, I took the fight on two weeks notice. I weighed 168, 169 when I started cutting weight. It was horrible. I can't imagine doing that every yeah, that, damn fight. Yeah, but that's only that's a situation where you look and you go, I need to take that fight. And you know that you haven't, you know, been preparing for it for that. You know, you didn't have the six to eight weeks. You got two weeks. So you don't have a camp. You have a weight cutting 
session. No, I understand it, that. It starts yeah. at that point. <laughs> I understand that, but I can't imagine having to lose that amount of weight every fight. You know, think about oh, all was? the fights that he fought at 145, and like you were saying, he wasn't really on a he wasn't on a diet plan or nutrition plan or whatever it was. He just ate whatever he wanted. He yeah. had to lose that weight every single time, you know, well, for I, to make 45. I remember when I it was in uh, Brazil I, when Max Holloway and Aldo fought for the featherweight uh, title. Holloway had won the interim title, and uh, when Connor had, had dropped the uh, featherweight title, Aldo had won it. He beat Frankie Edgar at UFC 200. So he had the the real title, and they did a weigh in. You know, did the weigh ins? They both make the one forty five limit, and they weighed them when they came in. Now I can't say that exactly. You know what they were wearing or anything like that, but they come in that night. Aldo weighed in at one hundred and sixty nine and a half pounds. Jesus. Max Holloway weighed in at one seventy eight. Oh one seventy eight. Crazy to me. Is that nuts? That's crazy was like, to me. They're they're telling me those numbers, and the other one that was fucking crazy in that one was Paulo Costa. He weighed in at you know one eighty five for his fight. He was like two twenty eight. Yeah, crazy. It's insane to me. It's it's like I don't understand. I remember like I remember several times, uh, Gleason Tebow had to be like walked to the weigh-ins. He had to hold his oh, corner's yeah. arm, and they were oh, walking yeah. him to the weigh-ins. One of them, one of the times was in L.A. I was watching him, and then uh, he was at ATT, I believe. And HGT, like some of the guys from there were walking him to the lands and he would have to stop every like 20 steps. And then he would just, they'd walk him the rest of the way. It was, try to, try to uncramp. It. Yeah, I couldn't believe yeah. it. I was like, this is, this is insane. I can't believe you guys are doing this to yourself. Well, Yoel Romero's had that same situation. He really? did that when, when he tried to fight um, Whitaker the second time and he did not make weight. Oh, you know? oh for the yeah. title, huh? Yeah, he was cramping. You know, he had a great fight. You know, a lot of people thought he won it, but he, you know, was cramping and couldn't make the weight. So, I have a question. There's Whitaker had brought up something um after that fight, and then when Luke had fought Yoel, also he had said the same thing. He said Yo Whitaker had told him he's like every time I kicked him, it felt like I was kicking iron. And Steel. Luke said, yeah, yeah, Luke said the same exact thing. He's like he's. I, it didn't matter if I kicked his thigh, if I kicked him in the stomach. He's like, it hurt me. He's like, it, I don't know what it was. He's like, everyone they just didn't know what it was. But then Whitaker said the second time he fought him, it didn't feel the same. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there's like uh, supplements or different types of things that you can. I don't even know. I'm just simply saying, like, is there anything that you can take that makes it feel? I I, I just because yeah. it's, it's one thing to have one fighter say it. But yeah. there's been there's been two, and then sometimes you know there's a couple people that have talked about training with him, and you know, and it just hurt to kick. Hurt, like his body just felt like steel every time you touched him. Oh well, but there are those guys out there mm -hmm. that you know, Dan Henderson's one. Yeah, you know, you 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 if you you're screwing around with Dan and you hit him, it's like the fuck are you made out of? You know, it's just he's got a different density to his body than these next ten guys. Yeah. And I think Yoel's that guy. Good old you know? leather hands, Dan Henderson. <laughs> you shake his hand, it's just like, it's, it's all scratchy on the inside. <laughs> Fingers are all scratchy. Yeah, it's like he's walking around on his palms. Got the, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's got, the Flint, he got Flintstone fingers. He's got Flintstone feet, too. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, That's I've known awesome. Dan for a long, long time. I'd say like 90, 98, I think is when we met. 90, yeah. 97, 98, something like that. Matt Hughes was like that. Yeah. You know, you you grab a hold of him and it's like, what the 
fuck are you made out of? Yeah, he grabbed me in Hawaii one time. We were out there doing the UFC gym opening, and it was like one of the first times I really hung out with him. And uh, oh my god, I was like, "You're the strongest person that's ever touched me." <laughs> I was like, he grabbed. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. No, I remember there's a story with Dan Henderson. He came to AKA, stayed at my place, and um, he trained a little bit there. And when he was there training, he was sparring with with John Fitch with i think brian ebersall a couple other guys i think he sparred with uh trevor he fucked everybody up just fucking fucked them up i felt so bad for all of them <laughs> they, 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 they were like they they thought he was like trying to knock him out they no. i was like no no he's this he's going like really light he bring him on next guy who's next so i was like oh no <laughs> yeah i felt so bad for them he fucked john up fitch he just put it on him. John couldn't get him down. John was like, I think after like he got hit a couple of times, John just was like, okay, this is it. I'm, I'm just trying to stay close to you so I don't get destroyed. Yeah, it was vicious. It was, I, I gotta, you gotta let John tell the story because he, he I, there, I think there was one point he almost got dropped. Like he got hit and John got <laughs> wobbled a little bit, went back into the corner and dad hit him a couple more times and John kind of like sat into the corner. Like we, we, we used to spar in a ring, not in a cage back yeah. then. John kind of like sat between the ropes. I was like, oh shit, he probably almost got knocked out. <laughs> I need a third leg. Yeah. <laughs> I need this balance point. What did you think of Rob Font? Marlon Moraes. Damn, I thought he looked great. Rob Font looked good, you know. Marlon came out and Marlon, but you could see just the jab. The jab snapped Marlon's head back, and you could see Marlon was like, damn, that was yeah. hard. And everything that Rob hit him with, you could see. Marlon being affected by it, but you know, we had talked about this and sometimes you don't know because I'll give you the exact opposite was Aldo. You know, I was concerned about Aldo going into that. All right, which, what are we going to see based upon, you know, his last fight and how many shots he took, especially in the fifth round mm. of that fight with Peter Jan, is he going to be, you know, back to being the guy that we expect or is he going to be lesser? And that was the real question with Marlon Marais is, you know, he didn't have a long, hard fight with Corey Sanhagen, but he took a lot of big shots. Yeah. And no matter what, you know, the spinning uh, wheel kick that was it a wheel kick that hit him or, or a spinning reverse? I can't remember, but it was the heel that went off of his noggin mm -hmm. and put him down. And, you know, and he, he complained about Mark Goddard in that fight. Oh, he stopped it early. You know, and, you know, Mark had talked to me. I said, Mark, you didn't stop here. I said, he was done. I said, he he's, he got hurt here. The, take a look at his reaction here. It was fine. And so who is his referee in this one? And then you have, you actually have Dan Cormier as one of the announcers saying, you know, he went, he let it go too long. Well, that's what you have when you have a guy that says, hey, you stopped my fight too early because that's exactly what happened in the in the back just before this fight. And Mark says, all right, I'll let you go as far as I can let you go. And he did, and you saw he took, he probably did take, you know, a couple too many shots, but that's just the way it's going to be because you have to satisfy that guy too. And you look and you go, you're taking too many shots. And the, I, it was just that you could see every shot that Rob hit him with, it affected him. It, they, they all didn't fucking stun him, but you could see he was like, oh, that hurt. Yeah. And this is what I say, you know, there, there comes a time for everyone. I don't care who you are. You walk into a, ring or cage to spar or anything and you start getting hit and all of a sudden it's not the same all of a sudden it's not it's no longer fun mm -hmm. and it freaking hurts 
And yeah. every shot you take, you go, God damn, that hurt. Yeah. And that's all you start thinking about. And it seemed that was kind of what I was looking at. And I'm not saying, you know, that's what was going through Marlon's mind, but that's that's what I was picturing, you know, as he was fighting Fawn. So I, I'm going to go back to what we talked about last week is in the midweek show is he moved to American Top Team and yeah. he's had two losses. And is he this? It's, is it the same? Is it the same training? Why did you move there? Did you move there for the quality of life? You know, you, I, right now, I'm like a lot he of people. Are, yeah, a lot of people are talking about moving out of states that, you know, the quality of life is just not there. So they're moving to other states that have a better quality of life. Problem yeah. is, is the training and the trainers that you were with before were you were having success with, you know, and those ones aren't there anymore. And now you're dealing with a new team, a new and don't get me wrong, like ATT has a phenomenal. Yeah. They're phenomenal. This, this has nothing to do with the quality of ATT's training, no. but it's just different the way you respond to their training right now, yeah, compared to what you had in the past. That's, those it's hard when you go to a new camp like oh it's sure you're at a prestigious camp you know you're an american top team i get it but it's also not the same maybe the same type of one-on-one -on -one personal connection mm -hmm. you had with mark henry with whether it was frankie edgar whether it was anybody else that was running that you know uh, almeida and those guys yep. like it doesn't it's not the one-on-one -on -one connection in that small town feel of new jersey right you would have that more of that one-on-one -on -one connection moving to florida it's a completely different lifestyle you go from freezing your ass off in the winter to like it's 80 degrees in the, in the winter there in Florida. That's a good reason to go down to Florida. It is. It <laughs> is. But it's, you know, the the lifestyle of everything has changed. Yeah. And so you, you, you sometimes I for me, I always look at it as. Is it, or is it as serious now when you make that life change? Is your training as serious? Is the are you taking it as serious? It's not not that your training is not good. Is it, are you taking it as serious? Are you really processing the one-on-one -on -one time you have with your coach? Like you were with Mark Henry or with anybody else that like with me and Javier or whatever it was. It was like, I have that one-on-one -on -one time with that coach. Is he getting that at ATT? Is he, has he developed a relationship to have that at American top team? Because you look at it also too with, uh, who's his, uh, Barboza. He's down there. Barboza's look good at 145. Yeah. I yeah, thought he, absolutely. I thought the, the drop to 45 and him, his performances, I think have got like he's another Jose Aldo type thing. I feel like he he's gotten better at 145 than he was at 55, which I thought was weird because he seemed so big for me at 55, you know, with all that muscle. I was like, how in the hell is this guy gonna make 45? And he made it. Yep. With Marlon, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's I think a, a little bit of is that is that is that time frame of of with a new camp you need time to adjust and i don't know what's i don't know if it's affecting him his game or what's going on with if it's florida if it's american top team but he hasn't quite made that adjustment yet of filling into that spot yeah it's uh i don't know he's gonna, he's gonna have to figure out what's gonna work for him in this this situation but you know he needs to regroup you know he's, we we know he's a good fighter yeah he's a stud you know, and I, and I really did like what I saw as far as you could see there was some game plan planning going on as far as, you know, he went in there and he took, got the takedown. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't go in there just to be the kickboxer and to try to light, you know, fawn up. He went in there to control him and stuff. You know, fought was, you know, good at relaxed, getting back to his feet and everything. But you could tell that there was some thought process and, hey, we need to become more versatile have a, a varied attack that's going to make this guy have to be, you know, cautious of things. But 
I don't care how cautious someone has to be when they're when they're touching you and everything that they're touching you with is hurting. It cha- it just makes the fight difficult for you. Yeah. No, I agree. So the fight that I was most happy for to watch is Greg Hardy lose. I was excited for that. I was excited for that after we had talked last week and you were like, I don't know, Tiber is slow. And I was like, yeah, you know, so, but I was, I was actually, uh, well, it was, it was just like we said that Ben Rothwell fight, mm-hmm. you know, let's be honest. Tiber lost the first round and then yep. he just keeps marching on and he put the fight exactly where he knew he wanted to put it on the ground. And it, the one thing that he did in this, is he showed that Greg Hardy is one-dimensional right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a strong guy. He's fast. He's athletic. He's got power in his hands. He's he's just lost on the ground. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't know anything, but he doesn't know anything to be fighting the guys that he's fighting yeah. in the UFC right now. He doesn't have the skill set to, to be on the ground with a guy that knows what he's doing, knows where to put his body, so he can't just muscle his way out of it. And... Look, he's going to have to, you know, he, he's got the guys to do it with, you know, if he's uh, still working with the guys at ATT, he's got a lot of bodies and they can teach him, but it's going to take time man. you know, learning how to, to wrestle, learning how to be good on the ground, how to get yourself out, how to, you know, where to put your hands at times. Cause he wasn't doing, he wasn't looking for the underhooks. He, it wasn't there. Yeah. The thought process wasn't in there. It was more of, Oh my God, I'm here. And now there's almost like a panic setting. So he and tried he, to push off the one time to muscle out, and you go, that ain't gonna work. And it gets worse as you get tired. Oh yeah. And that's that. That's to me. I feel like he, he mentally will break when he starts to get a little bit tired. And when you're starting to get tired, your brain doesn't process as well. And so, like, even if you did know the techniques, they don't come out. <laughs> you're just like, yeah. You know, you're just you're doing things to try to just use your muscle and explosion to get out of there, and it's not there. You've got to use the technique to get out of there, especially at like this higher level. So, um, I mean. It was, I just, I wanted to see Tyburn get through him. I'm not a Greg Hardy fan, and I'm not shy to say that. <laughs> but it's just, well, I'm not a Greg you know, Hardy the, fan. The one thing that it does show, and, and I, I, nothing about Greg Hardy in, in a bad way. I like, you know, most people, and, and guys screw up, and I don't like how he screwed up. But I always look at trying to, okay, what have you done to change yourself and to be a better person? And I look, and you, I look at a guy that, unbelievable athlete but it shows you can be an unbelievable athlete you can have all of that behind you and you can be a tough guy but man it it takes something you can go in and you can beat average guys you can't start beating the guys that you know what they're not only tough they're they're technically skilled and Tiber is technically skilled he's got you know he's got a a decent stand-up game where he can stay with most guys but when he gets the fight to the ground you know, he opens up and he does damage. And as a heavyweight, you know, ground and pound is a great submission technique. <laughs> it just is. You know, you've got a lot of weight and guys do. They, they, uh, they tend to, that all that weight on top of them tends to burn energy, on, you know, as far as them and stuff like that. And you're right about, you know, Hardy. I think he's got a, got a mental thing about getting tired. And yeah. it's that, that whole asthma thing. And if you've had asthma and you can't breathe, it, it starts to, it's just sitting there in the back of your mind. And as soon as it starts to happen, the wheels start fucking coming off the cart. So it's something he's going to have to get through. What do you think of Pettis? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about the first round. Wasn't very good. Now, look, anything can happen in 
he made a mistake and and Murano gets to his back. But the one thing that I loved out of it, he was relaxed. He was calm. He didn't, you know, all of a sudden start doing dumb things to say, I've got to get myself out. He knew he's, he knows he's got to get himself out, but let me do this in a smart way. If I end up losing the round, I end up losing the round. He brought the round, you know, the round was going towards him losing 10, eight, and then he gets himself out of it and he brings it back to where, yeah, he loses the round, but it was a 10, nine. Now let's come back. And in the second and third round, he looked great. Yeah. He, just the experience came through for me. I feel yeah. like he just was like you said. He was able just to figure his way out, just stay calm, composed. But then the the experience definitely showed through. The other thing as well is I think people because he's known for being a kickboxer because of all the things he's done. We were just what he just had the ten year anniversary of the kick off the cage or something like that. Yeah. They've been marketing it for the last two three weeks. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, smart on their part. Um, he just uh people will continue to look at those things that he's done in his past and how successful it's a highlight he reel. He's a highlight reel. Yes. But he's a good grappler. He's a yes, really he good is. grappler, you know, and we've seen it with the other guys out of his camp as well. I mean, Sergio, uh, Sergio Pettis is also really good, but, uh, Mayo Sanchez is phenomenal off of his back as well. These guys are good on the ground. They're not, they're not just kickboxers, you know, and maybe when they first came in, they were, but they're not anymore. These guys are good. I've trained and I've grappled with Pettis a little bit. Uh, in, in Hawaii, same time I was with Matt Hughes and those guys, and uh, he's really good from the guard position. And I've said yeah, this see, several times. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is you can see he's comfortable. If he's on his back and you're in his guard, he's okay. He has no worry. You have got to pass to yes. half guard. Now you start to give him some problems. Yep. Now he's not comfortable. Now his submission game goes. You know, everyone's submissions go down because there's less for you to be. You know, available to you. But his goes down considerably. He doesn't have you. You get some guys; they love having someone in ha in their half guard. They are dangerous there. He's not that guy. But I will tell you, you know, just his his movement last night in the stand up, especially the second, third round, and he controlled the range and the distance, and he sucked Alex Marino into bad positions. He set little tiny traps of off angling, and Mar and Marano did the number one mistake he was following him and you go you can't follow him son you have yeah. got to step off and cut that angle on him but you know i mean i look overall i think that was the last fight on his contract it'll be you know interesting i'm sure he's going to go back to the ufc but you never know and it's a good thing that he should as you have always told people maybe you should go see what your value is out yeah. there because there's a lot of people that you know want to see Pettis fight. He's got value in his name, in the way that he fights, because he does fight. Every yeah. fight that he puts on, it's an entertaining fight. The conversation is to be had, though, if you go to another if you go to another promotion, like what weight do you fight at, 55 or 70? You know? Yeah. And if he goes to Bellator and he fights at 70, I mean, no, I don't think it's good for him. But he you could know. go, you know, he could go to 55. Yeah, he could, for sure. You know, he's, got, he's, got old, he's got an old opponent. He's got Benson Henderson, who he's beaten twice. Yeah. You know, in the past. So, you know, he's, there's other guys there. But it'll be interesting to see what he does. Let me ask you this. is when, you, when we're talking about these guys, there's no doubt that Jose Aldo is a Hall of Famer. When you're talking in terms of, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, first yes. ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, you, yeah. Do you put Pettis in that category? You know, if, you, if you're looking at his career, Yes. You know, as a young fighter, he won the WEC title. Mm -hmm. 
You know, he comes into the UFC, he loses, you know, to Clay Guido. <laughs> you know, you look and you go, anybody can lose to Clay Guido because yeah. he's got a specific style. And if you don't do things right and you can't keep him off you, he's a nightmare in a fight. You once you once you figure him out and you know the what you need to do, the fight becomes easier for you. But until that time, he's a rough some bitch. So he loses that fight, understandable. Comes back, he knocks out Joe Lozon, and he wins the title, basically, what, four or five fights into his UFC career. You know, and he's he's fought the best guys out there. Yeah. He really has. You know, has he has he lost some? Yeah, he's lost some, but he's definitely a Hall of Fame fighter, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Just you know, like you there's you have to start like where does the Hall of Fame talk start and where does it where does it end? That kind of thing is he's kind of on that cusp of, well, yes, he is. And no, he's not. It's that. What you, whereas what where you, Jose Aldo is for sure. hundred percent. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's easy. You're right. But this is the same thing. You know, people will sit there and talk about, well, championships are one thing that gets you to that, that level. You know, now you can be a guy that hasn't won championships. You can be a, the Donald Cerrone. Yeah. You know, Donald's never won the championship. Is he a hall of fame fighter? Fuck yes. Yep. Has okay. to be. Okay. You know, uh, and you go by the number of fights, how many times, who he's fought. You know, it's, it is the entire, you know, look at that career yeah. and the foundation that he, you know, that it was based upon and who he's fought. I think Donald Cerrone is a Hall of Fame fighter. Yeah. Even though he's never won a championship. It's that's where it gets kind of shady. I'm, I'm a Donald Cerrone it is. fan. It's tough. It just gets it gets a little like. Here's the thing. Even even now, when he's not even, I don't even know if he's ranked in the top ten in either weight class. No, but he's still he's one not. of those guys that you could put in there against any of the top tens. Yeah. And well, he, I don't know right now. Yeah, I mean, you would still kind of, you'd be able to kind of thing mix him. Anyways, but for how long has he been doing it? Fifteen years. Yeah. Fifteen years. You know, and like. Him probably just being finally out of the top ten after all those years, I mean, I that's why I would probably put him in. But <laughs> see, but the conversation is, is it because he did it for so long, for such a long period of time, he was always ranked. I always look at guys like you said in the length of their career. But then, where were they the length of their career? Were they out of the top ten for the majority of their career? Were they in the top ten, or were they fighting? And top who five were they guys? fighting? Who were they fighting the top five yeah. guys? But it's still it's a hazy area though because like he never won the title. And it just, it seemed like also too, how many times did he fight for the title? Twice? Uh, WC twice and then one time for the UFC? Yeah. I think so. I believe so. Yes, three times. But he always, he had more opportunities to fight for the title also. He always lost the fight right before to get to the title shot. It was like the pressure, I don't want to say the pressure got to him. It was the fight, but like if he won that fight, he got to the next. He got he got the next shot. Yeah, he was getting. You knew that you knew where he was going if he got the win, and it never seemed to happen. Yeah, but I mean, you could you could say that. All right, here I'll, I'll give you a name. Tell me what you think, Nate Diaz. See, because you look and popularity wise, the people he's fought wise, the performances that he's put on wise, you go. Yeah, I could see it. And then you could look and go, yeah, I can't. See, I, I don't see it. I don't see him making that that's that next step. No championship there where I can look at his brother, Nick, and I can put him there. I really can. It's it's 
you know, and it's yeah. just opinion, you know, based, you know, it, I could talk it up either way. I could talk it to say yes. And I could talk it to say no, but it's, it is hard when it comes to certain guys because of what they've done throughout their career. I can't put either guy there. Yeah, okay. Nick or Nate. I can't, right. which is crazy because I want to know why I just a second ago said I could put Cerrone there and Nate beat Cerrone. Mm-hmm. He beat him. He beat him handily. Handle it. It's just like it's. I don't know. We get and into Nick these, has Nick has had a world title. Not only that, but Nick's Nick's beat like I mean he beat Frank Shamrock. I mean he beat, he's beating legends. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Frank wasn't at the peak of his career at the time, but it was like he's still he's beating top guys. He's risen to the occasion of fighting the top guys. Yeah, I could see. I I agree with you more. I could see more leaning towards Nick getting in versus Nate. Yeah, but I also I'm I don't want to get I don't want to let the popularity skew my thought of them getting in and that's the problem because they are very popular they're you know so and when i look at nate nate's handily beat cerrone but cerrone to me is i think a lot of it too has to do with the activity of donald donald's so busy fights all the time fights anything you know he, he fights he's fought tons of fights nate is also busy he's fought but he actually takes like sabbaticals like his brother been gone for you know, a year gone for two years. Nick's been gone for what three years now. I mean, more than longer. Yeah. So four in ha- years. Yeah, and having these conversations is like, I like Nick and Nate, but they're not they're not very active. And so when you're not as active, it's like, sure, you're a fan favorite, but it's do, another it's yeah, another it's thing another in the thing in the puzzle. Yeah. Damn, this is hard. I I'm glad I'm not. <laughs> glad I'm you're not on those committees. On those committees that I know. What did you think? That's of a Dur- rough one. What did you think of Deron Wynn's performance? Uh, yeah, you know it's. Uh, I like Duran. He's a good guy and stuff. But he, uh, he, he, he's tough. He's a tough dude in the stand up. He'll take shots. He'll give shots. He was getting. He was getting hurt somewhat by. Uh, I don't want to say. I normally say Arroyo, mm-hmm. Arroyo, uh, as far as his uh, last name. But what Duran? Duran gets tired, and as yeah. soon as Duran gets tired. He, I think I texted you, man. It takes more energy to get the takedown than it does to be busy when you're on the ground with the guy. Yeah. Why are you just laying there? Because he had a good chance of losing that fight based upon if Ahoyo had just been a little busier underneath. Now, he was tired too, but just start throwing elbows and stuff because Duran is not fighting. He's wrestling yeah. and he's controlling. And that control is the last thing they're going to be giving credit for so he was very close to losing that fight. And you look and you go, man, you've got to change your approach. You've got to change what you're doing. He's got the wrestling to take just about anyone down. And he's so, you know, damn compact right. that, you know, when he's fighting someone like, you know, Ahoyo, who's six foot three, he doesn't have to change levels much to get where he needs to get. No. You know, and he's got such good technique, he can get a ton of guys down. But, Right now, there's not the connection between being the wrestler and being the fighter. You know, he's he's more wrestler than he is fighter. Yeah, this is this is the fight game. It's not the wrestling game, and he's got to he's got to bring those two things closer together. This is what I feel. I feel uh, like with DC, right? He never really learned the jujitsu game. Doesn't you know have I mean? to because his wrestling was so good. Yep. You know, like he he didn't have to he didn't have to worry about jujitsu guys getting him to the ground. The thing though is that this some of these fights like with DC, DC could have got guys out of there a lot sooner had he worked on his jiu-jitsu a little bit because he got sure. the takedown, handled them, and was able. Could have got submissions and got him out of there. I feel like Deron's kind of in that same spot. If I if I if we go back and we take a look at Romero Cotton, 
like with his last fight. Got the takedown, guy turned his back, right to the neck, choke, got him out of there. We don't get paid by the minute, man. <laughs> well, and but and it's also this, when you look at, we'll talk about Romero Cotton's fight, look at the choke that he got. This was not what we would say, technically, was it done right? No, it's not. It was not pretty. It was violent and strong mm -hmm. and that's sometimes all you need and you know this that's the same thing as I'll, I'll give dc dc had submission victories you know he had a submission against anthony rumble he choked him was it a pretty choke no he's not that guy that's gonna slip in a rear naked choke like uh you know some guy that's a you know a, a damian maya a bj yeah. penny he's not gonna slip it in that way he doesn't have to and this when we talk about saying, you know, he, does, he doesn't have a real submission game, you can be the guy like DC or Daron Wynn, who is very much like DC. Yeah. You have all that great wrestling, and when you get the fight to the ground, your thing is to damage. I'm not here to submit. Now, I, I, I can submit you with, you know, a rudimentary game of submission skills, but... They're limited. They're going to be the, you know, an arm triangle. It may be, you know, an Americana. It may be a Kimura. It may be a rear naked choke. That's, there's my four. Yeah. That's all I have. But you give me one of those things, I'll get it if it's an easy get. But my whole thing is to take you down and to damage you to the point where you can't even defend against any of those things. That that referee wants to go, I, I can't let you take any more damage. Mm. That's a submission skill. I mean, it's not a submission, but yes, it's a submission skill. So that's what, you know, Win needs to do is he needs to get himself into that mindset of when the fight hits the ground, stop wrestling. Yeah. And it's even if you get to the point where you feel the guy's, you know, trying to get up, it's okay. Open it up and hurt him while he's getting up and then work to take him down again. That's, you know, that's the game plan that's going to work for his body type. There's so there's guys that were phenomenal wrestlers, Mike Van Arsdale. But guess what? <laughs> when it hit the ground, he just kept trying to wrestle, and it was easy for guys to get up and get up, and he had to keep taking them down, and it made you more tired. I feel like Duran's in that spot right now where mm -hmm. they're wrestling so much that they just don't know how to relax when they're they know how to relax when they're wrestling, but there's yeah, because they're not getting hit. They're not getting hit. Yeah. But there's still it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to keep taking someone down. Mike Van Arsdale was forty something years old, looked like fucking Greek god, but he had no gas tank. Would gas out. He was so tired all the time. Like he he would try to get us to throw the towel in after the first round. No, no, I ain't going back out there, Bob Cook. You ain't fucking making me go back out there. He's like, Bob, like get the fuck back out there. <laughs> Literally, like take the stool away from him, shove him back out there. But with Duran. Being busier and active, not always wrestling, is is the key, I think, to making sure that you just learn how to be patient on top. Sit him to his hip, punch a little bit. That makes them not want to get back up. You start striking, they start defending, they're not posting on their hands to go to get back up. When you're wrestling all the time, guys are, they're trying to just, you're not, they're not worried about getting hit. So they're just constantly just posting their hands, cage walking. They're working their way back up, and you got to take them back down. If you start yeah. striking them, they start covering, and then they're easier to hold down. And yes. so, yeah, you know, to touch on what you were talking about, that's exactly what he needs to work on. I, I don't know why or what's going on, but there's, like you said, there's a disconnect between the wrestling and the ground and pound and then the wrestling and the striking. There's yep. the, the way he sets up his shots. Also, he shoots from so far away because he's such a good wrestler. He can get it. 
You yeah. know, and he has to. I think he had to shoot for last night from being far away because his opponent was so long. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you saw when I saw them weigh in. <laughs> I, I was, it, it was baffled. I'm like, how is this? Durant? How is this the same weight class? And yeah. I told you it was it was the catch weight, 195. Jeez. You know, he's got to get he's got to get to 85. Oh, my God. and even to 85. He's even got, then, he's so, you know, just structure and, and frame wise he's so much smaller yeah than most guys in that weight class he's got to get to 70 in my personal opinion he he reminds he's no bigger than sean shirk it's it's diet he's yeah a, he's no bigger than <laughs> sean shirk was and i'm thinking to myself you got to get down man like he it's i mean he he's put in some work he's got his weight down a little bit you know and uh, he looked good when i saw him like two weeks ago i saw him at a baby shower and stuff he looks phys- physically looks good he said he'd been doing running he never really ran before you know, I know a lot of wrestlers that just never ran. I was like, how do you I know. Get? I was like, that's so weird. Like, Fitch never ran. Fitch never, never ran. He still, to this day, he's like, never can run. He's like, I can't. My ankles, my knees. He's like, I just can't do it. I'm like, I, just, I don't know. I don't know where my career would be if I didn't run. I just, there's just no way. <laughs> I had to run. I, I just I couldn't sit on a machine or do cardio any other way. It's horrible. Um, What else? I think, should we talk about the Tony Ferguson thing? <laughs> yeah well he, he he was talking uh i guess to both of us but he was talking to you in the one part so yeah go ahead i don't have anything to say that's the thing like i, think uh, I love tony look that's the, the thing my, i love my, my to- big, I like tony i love tony my biggest problem is this and, and this is not anything against tony but when he's saying that you know Oliveira broke after the first round it's like Maybe he felt something in that Oliveira went for that arm bar and thought he had it and was upset. We'll say that, you know, it was the end of the round and he didn't get the submission when he thought he was getting the submission when the referee comes in. I've had those situations where a fighter thinks you're stopping the fight and then you got to tell him, nope, that's the end of the round. And you can see this like, oh, but I don't think that's breaking. That's not breaking. And there was no break in Charles Oliveira, and he proved that by what he did in the rounds. next two rounds. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have anything really to say. I think people are expecting me to like go hard in the paint on him, but I have nothing to say realistically. Like Tony, I was, I when you when Tony beat me, I was exactly where you are now. You yep. lost two fights. I fought you. I had lost two fights that I felt like I didn't deserve to lose, and you lost those fights. You lost. He lost to Justin Gaethje, hands down lost to Justin Gaethje, you know, and then he lost to Charles Charles Oliveira. I have nothing like negative to say in terms of, there's no doubt you're a good fighter, but you're at 37 years old, 36 years old, something, 36 or 37. You're at the same place that I was when I fought you. And I see the differences in you. Maybe you don't see them. I mean, as a fighter, I see them in him. You know, I saw it after the, the Justin fight. I saw it during the Justin fight. I saw it now in this fight is it's been you're not the same fighter anymore and it's sad to say but it comes in grips you have to just the reality of it is is that you 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 won't be champion and it's sad it's sad to say that you know because i know i've been there i was there I was, well he's this, been I champion was, i got i gotta give him he's been champion that interim title i hey, agree but i'm championship saying, what i meant was he's not getting back again there. yeah he's not okay. getting back okay there. all right it's not gonna happen and it's it's that's the point is the point was I when I fought Benson, I was this close to being to getting that title shot. I was already offered yep. the title shot; it didn't happen. 
but the reality was after I lost to, to Bobby Green, it was, okay, it's done. There's no way I'm going to be champion. Like it's there, you know, we've, we figured this out. I figured it out. I knew mentally it wasn't there. And when you said earlier about like when you, <clears throat> as you get older, you don't like being hit. It's, it's something that just happens. Like you, you don't, you don't like the feel anymore. I <laughs> honestly, I, I've said this before is I want to say it was before my, my Patricky fight. I literally was in the back. We were in the loading area and Patricky had walked out and I was going to walk out next. And it was just, I got that vibe in the back. I had never had before almost like anxiety. And I, it was, it was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. It was, I normally was always the vibe and the feel of, I can't wait to go. I was like, hit my gloves. You know, I was always ready to go shaking my arms out. I was somebody in the back that fucking just loved the, the feeling and the vibe of fighting. I loved it. That yeah. fight was a reality check for me in terms of I was in the back and getting ready to watch him walk out. And I was like, I started getting like nervous and in anxiety. And I just was, I never had that feeling before. And that's when I realized, and I had already known in training that I didn't like getting hit. I didn't, it wasn't liking it anymore. It was like, you hit me. And I was like, well, that hurt, hurt a lot more than yeah. it should have. And it just, that, that made it a lot easier for me just not to want to fight anymore. Tony to me, I feel like is in that area now where things, he's not seeing the things come. Um, he's getting hit with shots that he wouldn't normally get hit with. His activity is not what it used to be. It's not, I mean, like it's easier to say that now because he's coming off two losses. How do you, sure. keep, if people keep winning, no one says shit. And that's the hardest part. I like Tony Ferguson. People are like, oh, you're just mad because he beat you. No, I don't give two shits. No, in 10 it doesn't years, matter. That, that's called competition. Yeah, and, and but in, in, in 10 years, I don't give two shits. If I run into Tony on the street, I'm going to be like, hey, man, what's going on? I'm, I'm going to try to be social and be his friend. I give two fucking shits about like any of that stuff. So it has nothing to do with him beating me. It has to do with the fact is that he is getting older. He's coming off two losses. The UFC, my point was, the UFC will not do him any favors. They won't. When it comes contract time, they can't. They can't. They can't. And that's the point. And, and that was the, that was my argument. And when we talked about him getting cut, I said, "Look, let's just be honest. With COVID and all the situations that are going on, they don't have fans. They're going to start cutting the fat. And the fat is the older fighters. He's in that area now, in that gray area of like, are you going to be the guy? I hope he doesn't. We both hope he doesn't. You like him. Uh, he, he's used to train at your gym. You like him as a person. I, lo I love the guy. I think he's great. You know, he's he's. He's fun to be around. He is crazy. I, I'll give him that. But that's just his personality. But he's a positive, positive person. Yeah, It's someone that, you know, you, you gravitate towards the positivity that he has. And, you know, I, I know his dad and everything. And just a, you know, a guy you want to see win. But when you look at what's occurring, and look, I, I will admit, he's fighting the top of the food chain. Yeah. When it comes to the guy that he guys that he just lost to, but and and I do think I'm being honest about this. I think that he's one of those guys that is affected by the no crowd. I think that he got energized and just the crowd and the just the energy and the sound of him when he would do stuff, even when he was getting hit, it just made him go. Yeah. And that's not there right now. And so, you know, it may be that, you know, when the crowd kind of comes back, maybe we'll see a, a different Tony and he'll come back to that energized guy that is able to walk through things. But right now, if you're the UFC, you got to look and say, I got to give the guy another top guy. If I'm, if I, when I keep him, 
I can't put them against, you know, my, my lower guys. That's not going to work for me. That's not going to do promotion any good. And, and they're looking to see what's best for the promotion. So, you know, it could be, I, again, that Michael Chandler fight, possibly. I don't know what they're doing with Chandler, you know, but yeah. it's a matter of who do you put Tony against? You know, it's a, it's a tough one right now. <sighs> I, I don't think Chandler's a good fight for him. I don't either. And I, I know that's, it's, there's a speed difference here. And that's really going to cause, you know, I thought the, the Oliveira fight showed what a faster fighter will do. Yeah, it's going to be trouble. And if Oliveira out wrestled Tony, and I was surprised that he out wrestled him the way he did because mm-hmm. he made it look easy, Chandler will out wrestle the. Oh, for sure. Him. No, for yeah. sure. There's no doubt that Chandler was going to out wrestle him. But was Chandler going to be able to sustain, like, try to do damage from the top because Chandler likes to get busy on the on the on the top position of, of ground yep. and pound? Would he yeah. be able to do that without getting caught in a submission or without being cut and things like that? But well, after the, what the, I just the saw, cut, the cut part. That's always available. Yeah. And I and I love Tony's submission game. I love the way he does his darts. No one has submitted Chandler. He, yeah. he doesn't submit. And I've seen, I've seen him in deep submissions. Yeah. He's got the same mentality as Tony, and that's one of the things that people love about Tony is, you know, that arm bar. Look at that arm bar was nasty. Yeah. That freaking thing, and it was going to go if there was time because it's the body can only take so much as far as pounds per square inch of pressure with that elbow going the wrong way. Luckily the time, you know, came to an end before it happened, but you know, I've seen, you know, Chandler in the same situations where he has not submitted and he's just taken what I know is a painful submission and gotten himself out of it. It wasn't the, you know, the end of the round. So I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a tough, you know, go for if you're the UFC, who do you put Tony against? I, I kind of think you put <clears throat> I think you put Oliveira now against Chandler. Okay. And you, and you move Tony down to I don't know, you have to have him fight maybe someone like a Paul Felder or uh maybe how about how about Dos Anjos? Paul I mean, Felder's gonna be a hard ass I know. fight. I'm not man, saying he's on. not, but like we you can't go anywhere in there. But that that Dan is Hooker, I mean Hooker uh, you, Well Felder Felder's coming off of a loss, Tony's coming <laughs> off of a loss. That's what, you know, the UFC likes to do that. They'll take those two guys because they want one of them to come out with a win. Yeah. And they can move on from there. So th- it's a possibility. Felder, Felder might be the matchup that they look towards. Yeah. I, I could see maybe a, a Dos Anjos fight. Only based on the fact that they're both older. On Tony? Yeah. I don't think so. No. I'm, I'm just no. simply saying off the well, yeah, guys are older. That's based, upon, names. based upon him getting the win, you know, in, in the Felder fight, you know, yeah. I don't know. There is the possibility, but I would think the Felder fight would be more towards what they like to do. What's weird is they have Tony. They still have Tony above Connor, and they have Tony above Dan Hooker. Do you think that? Not anymore. They have him right now. He only dropped one ranking after losing to Charles Oliveira. Yeah, he's ranked number four. Look, I like Tony. We we've we both like Tony. I like Tony a lot. Um, I think before, after I fought him after almost every fight after that, I've sent him a, you know, a message saying like, Hey, good luck, you know, tonight or good luck tomorrow night, whatever it is. I always reach out to him and just, you know, let him know, Hey, good luck, get it done. That kind of thing. I have nothing personal against him and I give two shits about whether he beat me or not. That's not even the point. The point <laughs> is, is at 37 years old, when I lost to Tony, I was in the same exact position that he's in now. 
two losses, 37. Not sure. Like he, he, he didn't have Eddie Bravo with him. He didn't work. He's not working with his normal coaches. This, this fight is he, <clears throat> what's going on? Something's not right. Making adjustments, thinking that it's everybody else, or are you just mentally like thinking that something needs to be fixed and you think you can fix it yourself? When in reality, like you were doing fine for all these years with the guys that you had, you can't leave them now at the end. Like it doesn't make the adjustments. They're not going to fix themselves. And when people see him hitting the speed bag and hitting all these things, those are all great things. Speed, just, bag, speed bags don't hit back. Yeah. And then not only that, but the speed bag, like sure, it's great for shoulder conditioning, but it doesn't do anything else. That's no, I, I look, I look, I look really good on a speed bag. <clears throat> do you? Cause yeah. Cause it doesn't hit me back. <laughs> <laughs> At 75 years old. I don't know if it's a At speed 75 bag years old. Anymore. I don't know if it's a well, speed bag anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's more of a, a tricycle bag. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so when it comes down to it, I, I want I want him to have success, but I think in the reality of it, he needs to start looking at taking a look at himself in the mirror and saying like, "Hey, you still want to do this? If you do, then you need to figure this out because trying to do everything on your own is not going to work, man. It's not." So yeah, I have nothing well, negative to say though. No, and my my whole thing best best to everything with Tony. I hope yeah. he's. Uh, Hope he comes out. I hope he comes back with you know big wins and gets where he wants. You know, is that going to happen? Only time will tell. Yeah. Uh, what other news is there? Frankie Edgar and uh, San Hagen for February sixth. Oh, I know. Title elimination. What do you think? Tough fight, man. I it is a tough fight for Frankie, and it's like I look at that one. I I do think that Frankie can utilize his wrestling to cause. San Hagen some problems, and I think he needs to. I think it needs to be part of his game plan. But man, Corey San Hagen is good. His stand up is technically good. He stays long. You know, Frankie's got a lot of movement. That's a tough fight. That's a tough one. San Hagen's going to be the favorite. Yeah, I really believe so. I'm I'm a Frankie diehard fan, so I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> it's it's hard for me not to sound very biased right now, but it's yeah. uh it's going to be a tough fight for him. It is. I think I saw in the last, I saw in the last fight in his last fight against uh, Mark, Munoz. Mark, was it Mark Munoz? Pedro, Pedro Munoz. Was, there you go, Mark Munoz. Jesus. First <laughs> it was, Di first it was Diego Herzog. <laughs> Diego. <laughs> I love that. Diego I'm never, I am never letting you live that one What's down. That one was the, Diego Herzog. That's Diego Herzog. I, that's the greatest name ever. It's awesome. I don't, I don't think there's anyone in the world that's, that is named Diego Herzog. <laughs> Zaire. Zaire. Zaire is good. Zaire. Zaire's Zaire. a good one. Zaire. Yeah, you know that guy, Zaire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what were we just talking about? We we're talking about Frankie. Frankie oh, Edgar. Right. Frankie Edgar. Uh, and uh, Cody Sanhagen. Cody. There you go. <laughs> All right. Good. <laughs> with Sanhagen. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's hard. I saw with, uh, now you got me, Pedro. Pedro Munoz. <laughs> <laughs> with Pedro, I, I saw I Frankie's. I saw Frankie's speed. Like it's getting slower. He's getting a little bit slower. His wrestling's still yeah. there. His his transitions are still there. They're just a step behind. And um, <clears throat> he's still good though, man. Like he's good all the way around. I don't know if. Excuse me. Oh. I don't know. It's early in the morning. I don't know if. Um, I don't know. Like if you get once you get to to Corey Sanhagen, he wins that fight. He's going to probably fight for the title next is what it sounds like. 
the Peter Yan fight is just or if it's all Jermaine Sturry, both those guys are extremely hard fights for for both uh, Sanhagen and for Frankie. But stylistically, well, for stylistically though, they're both hard fights for Frankie. Peter's a hard fight based on the fact that he has such good wrestling. It's gonna be hard for him to get a takedown, and being on the feet is gonna be hard also. That's and, uh, not a good. That's not. That's not a good matchup for Frankie. Yeah, uh, right Alder, now. Aljamain Sterling, though, I think as the fight goes on in a five round fight, Frankie's got a chance. <clears throat> the first two rounds, you're gonna have a hard time with him. It's gonna be the athleticism, the speed, the uh, all those things. I think is gonna give Frankie a hard time. But if he was to fight Sterling for the title and the third, fourth, and fifth round, Frankie, there's the grit of him and just he finds ways to win. That's that's always been he has the answer. That's why he's called the answer. <laughs> he's got the answer. You know, he finds ways to get it done. And um, his, the history has shown, like with him with the Gray Maynard fights and this night, like he finds ways to get it done when, in a five round fight. Um, he'd have a hard time with Aljamain Sterling in the first two rounds, but I think he would get it done in a five round fight against Aljamain Sterling. Peter Yan, hard fight. I'd like to say there's a way to beat him. I don't. I don't know. There's only one person who's been able to beat him. <laughs> That's, yep. You know, and uh, we saw how good that guy was just the other day. So it's it's hard, man. It's it, that's gonna be a tough fight. So I want him to win. I want him to get to that title shot. Give him one more crack. I want, I've wanted him to win another title. You know, he was a 55 pound champ beating BJ Penn, and then he, you know, and then uh, he's fought a couple times for the 45 pound title. But getting to 35, how dope would that have been? 45. He's the only guy that could have done it. Realistically, like I think three weight classes. No. Who else? Who else? Ludo. Yeah, he can. I mean, but he's not. He's not. He's retired. Well. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, he's not I, retired. Yeah, I mean, like I would love to see him in. Uh, he's stretching his legs. Yeah, I'd like to Come see on. him in Volkanovski. What do you yeah, think? So would I. You think that's gonna happen? I don't think it's ever I've, gonna happen. I don't know. You know, I, I don't think. I don't even think it's part of the picture right now. I yeah. think you know they've got the Volkanovski Ortega fight that they know is going to occur and stuff, and you've got what Holloway. I think the next actual show for the UFC, which is supposed to be in Fight Island, and I've heard rumblings that maybe it won't be, mm. but we'll find out. Who knows? But it's supposed to be Holloway against uh, Calvin Cater, mm. and uh, that is a great matchup. Yes, that's going to be a barber. <clears throat> Max Holloway, Calvin Cater, and then I think Ortega is going to beat Max, or not Max. I think Ortega is going to beat uh, Volkanovski. Volkanovski. Yep. Yeah. Well, Volkanovski's in. Uh, he's in. You know, anybody that fights uh, Ortega right now is they're they're in a a pickle. You got to you got to you got to pick. You know what what poison is there? And I don't think on the ground Volkanovski is going to do well with Ortega. He's you know, obviously he's got to be in the top position. He ends up underneath him. He's in deep shit. Yeah, but even in the top position, Brian sets up submissions so well, and he's got to hurt Brian. Yeah, he's got to hurt him bad, and he can do it. But you know, the stand-up game—that's that's his uh, key to victory, in my opinion. Well, I think that the forty-five-pound weight class is just—it's kind of mixed up right now because you have Zaire, which is good. Zaire's which out is good for though. Six months. <laughs> Zaire. <laughs> Zaire. <laughs> Zaire is out for six months. Zip. Zabit, what's going on? Is he? I don't know. Well, we saw him, but yeah, we saw him at the last Bellator show with uh, yeah. Margabedov. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, I think it's it's a mix of. I'd like to see Henry slide in there, but I only, I really, oh, I really only want to see him fight Volkanovski. I don't want to. I, I don't really care to see him fight Ortega or Max Holloway 
or Zabit or any of those. I, I wouldn't actually I wouldn't mind watching fight Zabit. <laughs> but just the length, I guess the size of Max and and Brian Ortega and Zabit, like the length and the reach, it doesn't interest me as much as watching two little bowling balls, you know, like Volkanovski and and Henry Cejudo get after it. Like to me, that <laughs> that would that would make for a fun fight because the two of them are so small and compact. Well, it also is, you know, Volkanovski's got a, a a wrestling base for his background and then has turned into this, you know, striker that has got power and he, you know, comes inside and does his thing. Cejudo's the same thing. Yeah. It's a good just matchup to see. I still think that Cejudo's wrestling will, will be the difference in that fight because yeah. no matter what, you can't say that Volkanovski's wrestling can match up. It can't. It just can't. It's just on a different level. Okay, so let's 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 do this. I think I want to try to. Who will be the 155 pound champion in the UFC next year? If you were going to take the top 10 guys now, who do you think at the end of next year who's going to be the champion? Well, if uh, <laughs> if if Habib fights again, yeah. he's the champion. Yeah. Is he still the champion right now? And if he fights again, he's going to win the championship. So I would say. Habib, but we'll say that he's out. He's he's not going to fight. So now it's an open title, and you have uh, Connor and Dustin, and then you have uh, Oliveira, and who am I missing? Hooker. That's right at the top there, Dan yeah, Hooker. You got Chandler, Gaethje, Chandler, Paul Felder. Yeah, I, it, it's going to be the winner of you know Poirier and uh, McGregor is going to be the guy you're looking at. Holding that title. No, but I'm saying by the end of next year, who do you think? Yeah, but at the end of the next year, you're looking, okay, so they would fight one more time. If you take Dustin Poirier and you put him against Dan Hooker, who wins? Well, I would say Poirier. He just beat him, mm -hmm. right? So then you take Poirier and you put him against Oliveira. Who wins? Mm. I'm going to think Poirier. You think so? I think it's close. Mm-hmm. It's a tough fight. I'm not saying that Oliveira can't beat him, but I'm going to probably say, and it's power-wise, I think Justin's got more pop on his shots, and that can cause Oliveira some problems. Ground game-wise, they're both good. I think uh, Oliveira's more dynamic with his submissions, uh, comes up in, in crazier positions where he's able to you know, do things with submissions, but it's a, it's a close fight, but I'd probably go with Poirier. Yeah. So then I go to Felder. Poirier, I go to Chandler. Now becomes a question of styles, and it's there's a possibility Chandler could beat Poirier, but there's you know there's definitely the shot that Poirier beats Chandler. Mm -hmm. So then I go to we'll say McGregor wins it. All right, do I see Dan Hooker beating McGregor? I don't. I don't. Okay, and then I go to Oliveira beating McGregor. I don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just, and I could be wrong, but I think McGregor wins that one. Then I go to Chandler and McGregor. I don't. I think McGregor wins it. I think Chandler would have a hard time getting him to the ground. He's going to eat a lot of shots and he takes damage. That's matchup wise. The way Connor throws things, I think that's going to be a tough fight. So I'm looking and those are the two guys that I say, you know, which one's going to be at the end of the year. You know, I think it's Connor. How's that? I think so. I think I think you're kind of in the right area there. 
Okay. Wow. <laughs> I think you're in the right area. I, I, I think, went all through that for you to go. I think you're in the right area. The, the dark horse. I really feel like the dark horse in this whole thing is not knowing where Chandler place is in this place. That's the hard yeah. part right now to see it's where he, to see where he's going to end up, you know, who he's going to yeah. fight, how well he does against that fight, that fighter and who they're going to put him against for his first fight. I think now after the dominant performance by Oliveira, it seems like he's just he's getting yeah, better but if you're, and better every time. If you're Oliveira, do you do you want to take that fight? I don't think you really have a choice. You're in the UFC. They're kind of <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. That's the point. That could be. You might not have a choice. Yeah, I, I really I really believe that now that he's ranked number three, and you have outside of fighting Justin Gaethje, which I think this is a good fight for Chandler. I think J Chandler fighting Justin Gaethje, showing the wrestling. I think that's a good fight for for Chandler. So do I. <clears throat> um. I think he has a hard time with Oliveira. I think he can he can wrestle him. He can do all those things. But Charles is good on the ground. I mean, we saw that against Tony. We've seen it several times. He's got the most submissions I think in the UFC. Correct? He'd be up. There. Yeah, he's up there. I think he's got the most submissions in the UFC. I mean, he's so damn good on the ground. And I'm not saying like yeah, like you said, Chandler's never been submitted, but it doesn't mean it can't happen. No, I mean, he'll no, fight no, no. out all those positions. But when you have someone who's as good and technical as Charles Oliveira is on the ground, it's going to make for a hard fight for Michael Chandler on top. And one thing Chandler does is he gets tired is, is if he's being forced to work. We've seen it with the Brent Primus fight. We've seen it with some other fights as well. He tends to get tired if you're making him work. Even when he's on top, he tends to get tired. And if you're staying active and busy from the bottom, he's going to get tired. You know, and on the feet, he just he just throws with so much power and speed and that he tends to get tired. On the feet. And on the feet, Oliveira being as long and lanky as he is, he's going to eat him up. He'll eat Chandler up on the feet as Chandler gets tired. You know, as this is a five-round fight, which I would imagine it's going to be a five-round fight. You're not paying Michael Chandler that amount of money to be a fucking prelim fight. <laughs> so he's gonna be, it's going to be a, a main event probably, which will be a five-round fight. Should it's, be. Yeah, it's going to be hard. I, I, think, I think Chandler's the dark horse. I think Charles Oliveira now also, too, has kind of put himself in that position of like, okay, we didn't see you coming last year. You know, we didn't put you in this position. I, last year, I didn't see him being in, in the top three. You know, and now here he is at number three. So <clears throat> when I look at this, I think Gaethje's going to always be in that mix. But I I just, I think people now, I think after seeing how well, how easily Khabib was able to dominate the wrestling and how he took him down, that I think people are going to try to wrestle him more. They're going to try to wrestle uh, Justin Gaethje more. And we're going to see what happens. And submission-wise, he just showed that he has no submissions. Like he has no submission defense. He has no defense. submissions. Yeah, no defense. Nothing. And like, and everyone I had talked before this too. I, I talked before the Khabib fight. People were t hitting me up and saying like, "Yeah, I've trained with Justin. That he hasn't trained any jiu-jitsu. None. Yeah. Like, very rarely works his wrestling. He's a good wrestler. Very, but he just mitts, kickboxing. That's it. Like, he just likes to spar. And I'm like. Okay, and they're like, no, no jujitsu, no jujitsu class. He's like, not even a white belt class, <laughs> like nothing. And I'm like, all right. So that kind of puts you in the position of like guys that can wrestle, like Michael Chandler. If he gets mm -hmm. you down, he's gonna. I think he's gonna dominate that fight. He'll um, maul you. Yeah, he'll maul you. He'll maul you for sure. Um, I, I would, I would say Connor will probably be the champion based on the fact that he's the money maker in the UFC. If they're gonna get, if Khabib's not gonna be there, they need someone to take his place that can bring in revenue, and it's gonna be Conor McGregor. And that's a business decision. That has nothing to do with whether he can. I think he. You are correct, though. And I've said this. Outside of Khabib, I think Connor beats all of them. I think yeah. he's the best fighter out of all of them. I it, I what it does make it interesting. I I'm excited to see the Poirier fight between him and uh, Connor again to see how they have changed since then. 
I think uh, Poye is now more mature. He's not going to yes. let anything Connor smarter says and the, does yes. will not get under his skin. He will fight a smarter fight. Yep. I just don't know if it's going to be enough. Yeah. <clears throat> no, sorry. <laughs> I just don't know if it's going to be enough. You know, I don't. Yeah. I, it's you're just talking levels of athleticism and technique, and Dustin's fabulous. He's a phenomenal fighter. I just think Connor's a, a step above on the feet. And in the wrestling area, I don't think Dustin wants to waste too much energy. I think Dustin has the edge for sure on the grappling. I don't think in the to... grapping, I would give Dustin, but to get it to, the, to ground, get the ground, does he want to waste that amount of energy to get it there? I don't know. Rough. Yeah, it's gonna be hard yeah. for him. So, um, I think Dan Hooker is gonna probably make a splash. He may be up in that talk in that in there, but I don't know if he'll be champion at the end of the year. But I think it's gonna be Conor McGregor at the end of the year because business decision. But I think Dustin Charles Oliveira. And and Chandler are going to be in that conversation by the end of next year. Yeah, by the end. I agree. Um, all right, my man. Well, we did the fifty fives. What do you think? Seventy. <sighs> I think Gilbert Burns beats Usman. That's a, that's the question. I think Gilbert really Burns is. beats him. If Gilbert if Gilbert doesn't beat him, I don't think anyone beats him. I I give Gilbert is he's the one guy because people can sit there and say Colby. I don't think Colby beats Usman now. Yeah, I, I don't think Colby's gotten any better. He, uh, he, sure, you've had conditioning, you have cardio, you have, you have wrestling, but you didn't use any of your wrestling against Usman. You know, and yeah. not only that, you got tore up on the feet. And I like Colby as a fighter, but so do I. I, I think he just he hasn't evolved at all since. I mean, since he's been in the UFC, he hasn't evolved. He's just straight, straight wrestling, straight cardio, conditioning, workhorse. I get that. But well, he's Us a workhorse. Usman's already figured that out. He knows how to beat you now, you know, and he's figured that out. He's he's got his conditioning under wraps. Uh, guys that are, and then the other thing as well, can Colby beat Gilbert Burns? I don't think he can beat him. I think Gilbert just. I think if he tries to take Gilbert down, Gilbert's gonna suck. No, he's not. Gonna yeah, I I just don't. I don't. And think he can't he's stand with him. Gilbert. I don't think he can stand with him either. I think Gilbert cannot. He can stand with him. The 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 big stop. difference is I think Gilbert Gilbert's got more power. Yeah. So that's it's Gilbert's something in, faster also. Yeah. 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 Speed kill. Gilbert's a lot bigger than people think. Oh, too. he's huge. <laughs> Fucking huge, man. People don't realize uh, how damn big that guy is. He is they, so really, damn big. But uh, you know, his his ground game is scary good. Yeah. Scary good. Yeah. You know, and uh it's a I don't know. That's that's a it's a tough one. I you I got, can see Gilbert can definitely submit Usman if the fight ends up on the ground. You know, where do, where do I you, think in the stand-up is pretty close. Where do you Power -wise, stand? Where do you stand in this whole thing with like with Usman going out to Colorado to train there because they were all at the same camp? Like, where does that leave you? Like, like what does that what does that tell you about the camp? Is Usman going to come back after? You know, like. Uh. I, I, it's, know, it's kind of a weird weird feeling right like a weird vibe well like, see you know here's the whole thing Usman is not a coach yeah there <clears throat> Gilbert Burns is you know so Gilbert's not going anywhere yeah but all the guys that you but all the guys that Usman was training with are not they're not there anymore I mean they're no, not that's they're why not, he they're, they're that's not. why he went to elevation you know <sighs> that's I, I I it's gotta be rough man that's a hard that's a hard that's as the owner of the gym, Henry Hoof, and those guys, like, it's got to be a hard decision to make. Like when you guys sat down and said, "Okay, you guys are gonna fight." All right, who's leaving? <laughs> like what the fuck? Come like, on, no, no, no. 
if you think about it, you know, and if you're Henry, I know this is not what you did, Henry, but you're looking, you're going, all right, I know both guys. Which guy do I think is going to win the fight? Ah. Yeah, you're going to go. All right. You're, you're going to go out. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. No. no, I think with Henry, it's like, hey, I can't teach yeah. jiu-jitsu. So oh, no. you need he's, to stay he, here. He's got, he's got a business. He's got to yeah. run. And he's got a coat. That's why I said Gilbert's not going anywhere. Yeah. He teaches class. Damn it. That's, that's rough, though. So. That's rough. I mean, but think about all the guys, though, that they train with that Usman used to train with. And then those guys now are helping Gilbert get ready for the fight. Oh, it's yeah. a, oh, it's an awkward feeling. It's got to be oh, an awkward feeling. Completely. But that's the fight game. Yeah. You know, that's why I say, you know, when people say, oh, I, you know, you should never go. It's like, you should go everywhere. Everywhere you can to learn. Yeah. You know, I just saw, I just saw that, um, I want to say, uh, James Gallagher and, um, he's in and, Kansas uh, City, isn't he? Yeah. And Big Daddy Kiefer, I think, was there with a couple of guys from Ireland. SBG went over to Glory. And we're training with, you know, James Krause and his guy. And I, I told you, you know, people talked all the time. They, they, I was asked the question, all right, if you're going to take one fighter and that was going to be your coach, I said, James Krause, he's outstanding. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, he's a competitive fighter now, but he's an outstanding coach. And when he's done fighting, he, he's just going to be even that much better because he does, has all that time that, you know, he still has to center on his career that he can give to everyone else. You know, he's, He's a he's a he's a damn evil scientist when it comes to breaking fights down now, and he's great at it. And so those guys went there. I guess they loved it, you know. And that's good. And you you don't hear anything from John Kavanaugh about oh you shouldn't go there. No, go. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you you know whatever you learn, bring it back. Yeah. That's the whole thing, man. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, go to mybookie.com or mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in, and they will give you 50% of your initial deposit. So if you put in $100, they'll give you another $50. So do that for us, please, and use the promo code Wayne in at mybookie.ag. And if you had listened to us, you would have heard that we had said eh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson being the underdog in that fight, which I thought was kind of crazy, but you would have won some money with my bookie because you would have actually gotten extra money back because to get a hundred dollars you put a hundred dollars down i think it was 120 you got back pretty good but if you also listen to us you would have lost money on the marlon marais fight <laughs> <laughs> so maybe true maybe oh, true no, it's horrible we're horrible Crazy. this is why i don't this is why i don't really bet <laughs> so bad oh man great if you bet for entertainment if you're gonna fun. do it as entertainment that's don't do it to win money yes if you win great but don't do it if you need the money don't bet it and don't bet on people that you know because your emotions get involved oh hello (laughs) josh thompson yes uh also go to um what's our t-shirt site pro wrestling tees.com go there go to the weighing in look at that photo hit that photo and a plethora of incredibly good-looking shirts will come up. One that kind of looks ah. like that will come up. And choose one of those. Use the promo code FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, and you will get 20% off on that teacher. And that is good until New Year's. So get that done before Christmas or before the New Year's. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, well, thank you guys so much. Uh, sorry, we had the delay on this show because yesterday I was drinking all day and John was... <laughs> John said, we got done with the fights and john's like let's film tomorrow <laughs> hold it well you know what we we actually waited 
for the Canelo fight. I we know. watched the Canelo fight, and then we didn't talk about it because Josh drank too much. <laughs> it sucked. It was horrible. Oh man, it was so bad. It was not really that good. Do it you was... get the vibe though that that he's just kind of getting through these fights to make his money, and then he's gonna move on? I get the vibe that he knows, you know, within the first round, oh, this guy can't hurt me, and he just does the what he needs to do to, you know, get his win. It's not he's doing what he learned from yeah. Floyd Mayweather. You know, it's like, hey, you don't have to freaking you know stick your chin out there. And his defensive fighting is good. You know, how many times did freaking let's be honest? How many times did Caleb Smith hit him? Not a lot, and Maybe. not real hard with any of them. No. So. He's good. You know, man. you're getting paid that kind of money not to get hit and to put a, you know, a whooping on your opponent, even though you didn't put him down. Yeah, you didn't put him down. He definitely took some hard shots. Canelo can, he, he can swat. No. He's got, he's got, his hands are fast and they're powerful and, and he's tight with everything he does. And he just marches you down. I mean, he, he had to freaking, you know, walk forward a good two miles in that fight as far as yeah. how much forward movement he had. It's just, you know, you, I, want, I, I just want to hurry up and get to the Triple G fight like with him. He, oh, no. See, I, I think he eats Triple G up this time. I think he does, yeah. too. Triple G's older. Gennady, what is, Gennady G's is not the same fighter. He's, what, 36, 37? Oh, I think he's older, older than right? that. Yeah. Gian, how old is Triple G? Find it for us. All right. I'm going to say he's 38, think, almost yeah, 39. somewhere in there, right? Yeah. He, and I love Gennady. He's a great guy. Man, uh, just an incredible fighter, but uh, 38. 38. Thank you very much. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. See, he's getting up there, man. Yeah. And it's <clears throat> even his last performance. You look and you go, he's getting yeah. hit a lot and he's got a great chin. But if he fights Canelo again, Canelo wins. Yeah. It. Canelo's young. What is he? Canelo's like not even 30. Canelo yet, ain't like. nothing. He's like 28. He's been fighting forever. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, I uh, hope you guys enjoy the show. And, um, we're going to do a Q&A this week for the midweek show because there's not not really much to talk about. No, there's no fights coming up, really. So yeah, what we can talk about is current news and situations of what we think will happen, yeah. which we, means we'll be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like John's betting odds. <laughs> yep. Like, all right, guys. Well, hey, we uh, got one more thing to say. Big John, what do you got? One thing I have to say is, Merry Christmas to everyone. I hope you guys have a great Christmas, and we will see you.